It's good to be saved tonight. Amen. That's good preaching. Amen. Thank God for that. I want a home that God can use. Amen. I mean that. I mean that, Brother Jerry. And I want a home that God can use. Let's turn in our Bibles tonight to Genesis chapter number 32. I've tried to get away from this and get away from this, and God will just not, just will not let me, will not allow me. And uh, I tell you both messages that God's put on my heart today, I've fought my flesh and fought the devils. And it ain't always like that, Brother John. I mean that. Sometimes I just, you know, I'm just in line with it. But I feel like I fought today on these two messages, and I want to give what God's put in my heart. I want to say I love this church. I love our pastor, amen, his family, and uh, this church means the world to me and my, my family. Let's stand for the reading and reverence of God's Word, Genesis chapter number 32. Looking forward to Jubilee, and can't wait to see what God's going to do there. And you pray for us tomorrow we go to find out, Lord willing, what the baby is. And uh, it's our uh, mid-pregnancy anatomy scan for the baby. And uh, I'll just be honest with you all, we face some anxiety uh, and you would too, amen. And uh, we face a little anxiety about that. And I've, I, God's really helped us. But you help us pray tomorrow that we get a good report and that uh, everything is smooth and we're pulling for an Ezra. Can I get an amen right there? We're praying for a boy, amen. That's exactly right, amen. Need us a little preacher man running around, amen. And maybe he'll grow him a good beard, amen. That's right, preacher, amen. Amen. I'm thankful. I'm thankful we can have a good time in the house of God. Amen. Genesis 32, and uh, you pray for me like you standing here. Genesis 32, verse 1, And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw him, he, or them, he said, This is God's uh, host. And he called the name of that place Mahaniam. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother under the land of Seir, uh, the, king, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Thus shall ye speak unto my lord Esau, thy servant Jacob saith thus, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed there until now. And I have oxen and asses, flocks and men servants and women servants. I have sent to, my, to tell my lord that I may find grace in thy sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, "We came to thy brother Esau, and he also, uh, and also he cometh to meet thee, and four hundred men with them." Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that was with him and the flocks and herds and the camels into two bands, and said, "If Esau come to the one company and smite it, then the other company which is is shall is left shall escape." And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which saidest unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all thy, of the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. And thou saidest, I will surely do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for the multitude. Will you look over to verse 21? 
with me uh, through these verses. I don't want to read all 24 of them, but I want to get down to verse 24. But in these verses between Jacob uh, sets up these droves and, the, and he, he basically sends Esau a bribe with all of his goods and then he separates his children, his family into two groups and he puts them over Jabot. But look here, verse 21. So went the present over before him and himself lodged that night in the company. And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants. Listen to me right quick. There are things in the Word of God that God allows that He does not condone. Can I get an amen right there? Hey, marriage has always been, Genesis, Genesis has always been between one man and one woman for one lifetime. Can I get an amen right there? Hey, but I'm glad that God can reach down in our messes and I'm not talking about being disqualified, things like that, but I'm talking about God can reach down in our messes and still use us uh, for His good and our, our good in his glory. Amen. But he took his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford, Jabbok, and he took them and went them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the messages we've already heard. Lord, I pray that you touch me one more time. Forgive me where I failed you today. I pray that you fill me with the Holy Ghost of God. Lord, give me the backbone of a saw log, the heart of a dove, and the skin of an alligator to preach thus saith the Lord tonight. I pray that there be any lost here in our presence tonight, that they be saved before it's everlasting too late. But Lord, I pray also that you give every saint in here an ear to hear and let them hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches and help us to put in the shoe leather what we've heard today. Lord, I need you. If you don't touch me, I'll just be talking. I pray that you put every, every distraction of hell and the devil in the flesh away from our minds tonight and help us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. Might be seated. Now I want to give you a background. We've, always, we've heard a lot of the latter part of this chapter preached. This is Genesis 32. This is where Jacob Jacob wrestles with the Lord. Amen. And we see that Jacob is on his way back uh, to the promised land. Uh, prior to this, Jacob has lived 21 years as a saved man in carnality, as a saved man out in the world. As a saved man, he has lived in idolatry. As a saved man, he has lived to fulfill his fleshly lust. Amen. For 21 years, I believe the first time that he met God at Bethel, he got saved by by the good grace of God. And it was no longer just the God of Abraham and of Isaac, but it also became, he also became the God of Jacob. But like many of us, Jacob wasted 21 years living for himself. Jacob wasted 21 years of living for the flesh. A saved person. He never, he never just did fit in. Can I get an amen? He never could just go with the grain over in Pandaram. He was always going against the he always felt like he was being done wrong. He always felt like he was getting the short end of the shaft. And in all reality, he was. Uh, because it's never God's will uh, for a saved man or a saved woman uh, to live after their flesh. It's never God's will uh, for a saved man or a saved woman uh, to go chasing after the things of this world. Amen. Uh, now tonight, uh, God has drew, him, uh, drew Jacob back out. Uh, God has begun drawing Jacob. Uh, 
Jacob back unto himself. And we read in this text uh, where he is, uh, he has met a border, if you will. Uh, Jacob mentions, I believe it's in verse 11 or verse 12, he mentions over about Jordan again. Now what we know, he's coming from the east going west and we know what lies over that Jordan is the promised land. Can I get an amen right there? Uh, then it's the Canaan land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And can I say this evening, that is a picture of the fulfilled Christian life. Amen. I thank God. I thank God for some people that he's put in my life that's, that's walked in Canaan land amen that's had honey running through their beard amen Brother Lamar. I thank God for some people that's walked over the Jordan that's crossed the Jordan and there's been things said about Brother Jack and Brother Charles and Brother Laddie and uh, Miss Cape and Miss Nine and other people today Miss Minnie May uh, these saints of God that's walked a trail before us I thank God for that uh, but I've got news for you tonight. Hey, if you're going to cross over Canaan or Jordan and live in Canaan, it's not up to these people. It's not up to your parents. It's not up to your spouse. You're going to have to make that decision on your own. The only thing, and if you read this text, you've got a river called Jabbok that is separating Jacob from this place called Jordan, from the river called Jordan. And then on the other side of Jordan is the promised land. I like what Brother Buck Huntley said. He said there's no fences on the backside of Canaan. You can go in as far as you want to. Amen. And tonight, I don't know about you, but I've got a hunger in my soul not to live in this wicked world for my flesh. Not to live for myself. Not for living for the things of this world. Oh, but I want to go in as far as God will let me. Jesus, or Moses told him, God told, God told Moses and Joshua both, I'm going to give you this land. If you go to the book of Joshua. You study out those maps. How far it went this way and how far this went went this way and the boundaries that God gave the children of Israel. He said, I'm going to give you all that. If you add it all up, it's over 300,000 square miles. And then he told Joshua, Joshua, if that ain't big enough, I'll tell you everywhere you put your foot down, I'll give you that too. Hey, I'm telling you, tonight there's something more than just being saved. Hey, before we got saved, it was a question between heaven and hell. But after you get saved, it's a question between heaven and earth. And friend, I want to know what you're living for this evening. I want to know where you're living this evening. Hey, are you out there in Pandoram? Have no, have no desire for the things of God. Hey, are you over in Canaan? Or maybe, just maybe tonight, you're standing here. Yeah, you've been in Canaan before. And you've been in Pandoram before. But now you're standing at this Jabbok. You can see the shores of Jordan over there. And you can see the milk and honey over in the promised land. But there's a Jabbok and there's a Jordan standing in between your way. Now listen to me tonight. I'm laying a little groundwork. I'm going to be short tonight. This morning, this evening, that word Jabbok. How many of y'all ever heard that word really? Or even paid attention to that word? I, I've never really paid attention to it, preacher. Earlier this year, I started reading through the book of Genesis and just taking my time. And if I came to a word that I didn't know, I just defined it out beside, out beside it in the margin. That word Jabot means emptying or to empty. We see in this story there's a man that's got so much weight on him. 
There is a man that he knows where he needs to be with God. He knows the direction he's ahead of him. Oh, but now, friend, because he's trying to do the right thing, there's all these weights on him. There's all these, these things in his mind and these things in his life. And, friend, there's a Jabbok and a Jordan. Uh, but before he can ever cross over Jordan, he'll have to cross his Jabbok before he can ever cross Jordan and, and live the victorious Christian life. Before he can ever cross Jordan and live in Canaan, he had to empty himself of some things at Jabbok. And I wonder tonight what you need to empty yourself of. Brother Jaron's right. Our children are watching us. Amen. I read a quote a couple months ago. Miss Chloe read it to me going down the road. But the quote said, You be what you want your children to be. Amen. What a sobering thought tonight. Hey, they're watching us tonight. And if I, I, I want my little girl to be a lot of things, but my heart's prayer, my heart's desire tonight is that my little girl would grow up and Brother Jaron, that she would fall under Holy Ghost conviction. She'd come to the knowledge of good and evil. And at a young age, the Holy Ghost of God would deal with her. And she gets saved, born again, preacher. I'm talking about the kind she can't doubt and she don't worry about. I'm talking about the real deal. I hope she gets born again at a young age. And Brother I just believe that if a, if a child or a young person can come to the knowledge that they need to be saved and not go to hell, I believe they can come to the knowledge that same exact moment that there's something more to this Christian life and just living for yourself. There's a spirit-filled life. And I hope that the same day that she gets saved, she gets on her face and says, I want to be full of God. I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. Tonight... Let's see what Jacob had to empty himself. I'm preaching on Jacob, Jabbok, and his Jordan. I see the first thing in verses 3 through 6. He has to deal with his flesh. I'm not going to take time to read it because I'm trying to hurry. But we know the story that uh, Esau is a picture and a type of the flesh. Would you agree with that tonight? It's amazing to me, Brother Lamar, that for 21 years, Jacob's never had a problem with his flesh. Did y'all get that? For 21 years, Brother Brian, Jacob's never had a problem with his flesh. You know why? Because Jacob had been doing everything that the flesh wanted him to do. As long as Jacob wasn't trying to cross over in the Canaan land, as long as Jacob wasn't trying to cross Jabbok, as long as Jacob wasn't standing at Jordan trying to live in the promises of God, hey friend, his flesh had no problem with him. But the very moment after 21 years, years, the very moment he decides to get up and do something for God, that very moment his flesh rises up on him. Now this flesh, we know that Esau's a type of the flesh. The Bible says in the, in the New Testament that God, Esau have, or Jacob have a love and Esau have a hated. And uh, look what he says here. I, I want to I notice these things. The flesh wants to hurt you tonight. This flesh, his brother was coming with 400 armed men. You don't come to hug your brother after 21 years that you've done wrong with 400 armed men. Can I get an amen? 
You know why his flesh, Esau hated Jacob? Because Jacob, when he made a decision that he was going to take all the rights away from Esau. He was going to take the blessings away from Esau. And you you mark her down, neighbor, the moment you got saved, you took all your flesh's rights away. You took your flesh, you took its, its birthright. You took its blessings. And your flesh wants to hurt you tonight. Your flesh wants to mar you tonight. Hey, if you give in to your flesh, hey, you better mark her down. Your flesh will ruin you. It'll ruin your family. Jacob's family was right here with him. And if it would have got Jacob, if Esau would have gotten Jacob, it would have got his family too. Hey, mark her down, mom and daddy. You better not give in to your flesh. Everybody says, I need some liberty. Hey, there's just too many standards. There's just too many convictions. No, what it is, and she want to live for your flesh. You want to follow your flesh. And if you're not careful, your flesh will come armed and your flesh will ruin you. It'll hurt you and it'll hurt your family. The flesh wants to hurt you. The flesh wants to hijack you. If God would not have intervened, I believe God did here. I don't, we don't hear the Esau side of it. We do with Laban, but we don't hear Esau's side of it. But I believe God intervened with, with the flesh here, with Esau. And, and Brother John, I, I see here all these goods, all these things that Jacob had. If you're not careful, friend, the flesh will rise up in your life and take everything that God's ever given you. Ruin you. But I see if he can't hurt you, if the flesh can't hijack you, the flesh will hinder you. <clears throat> we can go to chapter 33, Brother Danny. And they, they, make, they come to a compromise. I, I, the flesh isn't going to kill Jacob. The flesh isn't going to hijack Jacob. But Jacob is still allowing the flesh to have a voice in his life. Are you all with me tonight? Brother, Brother Gravely, what, does, what does Esau say in chapter 33? He said, all right, Jacob, you come on and go down to Seir with me. Now, they're up here at Jabok. Seir is way down here in Edom. And over here is the promised land. Now, I don't have to be a scholar to understand that God did not want Jacob in Seir. God wanted Jacob in the promised land. Can I get an amen right there? And you know, it was still on the border. It was still right there real close. It was still bumping up against Jordan. It just wasn't all the way in the Canaan land. You know what your flesh will do? If he can't hurt you and ruin your testimony and mar you at the flesh, if you won't give in to him enough to hijack you and to take everything you have. You know what the flesh will do? Your flesh will try to hinder you. He'll try to talk you in. Yeah, we're just right here. See, you can still see the Jordan. It'll be alright. I mean, you can still go to church. You can still dress right. But just come with me. I mean, just linger right here just for a little while. It was 120 miles in the wrong direction. And you know what your flesh wants to do to you tonight? He wants to keep you coming to church. He wants to keep you going through the motions. He wants to keep you giving ties. Hey, but all the while he wants you to live down there and eat them with him and live for the flesh and still buddy up with the church. Still buddy up with the Jordan. Hey, but friend, hey, there's no in between with God. Hey, so he choose you this day whom you will serve. Are you going to serve the flesh? Or are you going to go all the way in with God? You're going to have to eat yourself or your flesh. But I see nextly, verses 7 through 8. Jacob says, then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He admitted it to God. And, and, and uh, 
I believe it's in verse number 11. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him. You're going to have to empty yourself of fear tonight. Amen. You know why most people never go with God? Because they fear what God's going to ask from them. Can I get an amen right there? My wife's scared to death I'm going to get burned at the stake one day for saying something from the pulpit. Amen. And she said, honey, if you get thrown into, if you get burned at the stake, I'll just jump on there with you. Amen. Amen. She's scared about that. Amen. I, I'm picking at her, but, but here tonight, God does not design for us to live in fear. Amen. Matter of fact, the Bible says in 2 Timothy that not, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Did you know tonight that fear is, is not an emotion? Fear is a spirit tonight. Amen. And God does not give us that spirit. Amen. I know people tonight that would be on the mission field. I know people tonight that would go all in with God and be on the mission field. Hey, but you know what they're afraid of? Either one of the spouses or or they're afraid their kids are going to miss out. Or Brother Danny, they're afraid. Well, if if I go all in with God, God may not even be asking you to go to the mission field tonight. But here's what they think. If I go all in with God, He may call my husband to preach. He may he may he may ask these clothes of me or he may ask this of me and if I go all the way with God there's a fear in my heart hey, that, that I might have to go and leave all of my stuff or I might have to go to a foreign mission field hey friend hey perfect love casteth out fear hey if you love God just go all the way in with God hey quit fearing tonight we live in such a fearful society everybody's afraid of this everybody fears of what may happen or what might not happen. Hey, friend, I'm telling you tonight that my God, He's already been in the future. He knows what's coming. Amen. And you don't have anything to fear about. Amen. 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 Can I be honest with y'all? I did not want Hillary Clinton to get presidency. Amen. 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 You know my favorite thing about Donald Trump? He's not Hillary Clinton. Amen. If that offended you, you needed to be offended. Amen. Hey, I, but I, I, I'll just be honest with you. Brother Laddie, I, I had to turn Fox News off. I had to turn everything else off because it was making me fearful of what may never happen. Y'all, y'all say amen. Some of y'all checked your halos at the back door there. They got the coat right back there. Amen. Y'all know I'm telling it right. I know people that have thousands of dollars worth of guns on, on just to push a button. Amen. If she got elected. Amen. Now hear me. You know what we would have had to done, Brother Brian? If she'd have got elected, we'd have had to get up on January the 21st, 2017. And Brother Gravely, we'd have, you'd have still had to come and pastor this church. You'd have had to still teach those kids. You'd have had to still gone and been a Christian no matter what happened. Hey, friend of mine tonight, hey, the world's always been in turmoil. The world's always been in sin. Hey, and you'll never go any further with God if you're living your life bound down in fear. Hey, you, hey, there's young people here tonight, young men here tonight, that you're playing around with the things of this world. You're living for your flesh and the reason and you don't want to sell out to God it's because you're worried about what God may ask of you I've got news for you tonight you'd be better off in a mud hut in Zimbabwe in the will of God and you'd never be with everything that America has to offer amen amen what's your fear tonight amen I'll just be honest preacher I don't know why I'm dealing with this point the most this isn't even what I had on my heart the most but brother Jerry and I me and my wife, we've had discussions 
Well, there's been some fear that we've had to face about tomorrow. Amen. If I'm not careful, a couple Saturdays ago, I, I'll just be honest, I had not thought about it. And, and one morning I was in there praying. And Brother Grant, all of the, the bad that's happened in the past overwhelmed me. And Brother Laddie, I, I was praying to no more than to my chair. Because fear is the biggest enemy of faith. I was on my knees and I was trying to pray, but it wasn't praying. I was talking to myself because I had fear in my heart. I had fear and I was allowing it to overwhelm me and I wasn't trusting God. And I had to say, God, I'm sorry. I, wanna, I don't want to live in this fear. I don't want to live in this bondage. And that's exactly what it is, Brother Lamar. We know good men that would go farther than us, but they don't because they are fearful of what God may ask of them or what may God may take from them. I'm saying tonight, hey, it's better in Canaan. It's better over there. Hey, you may, there may be uncertainties in Canaan, but you can be certain of this. God's going to go with you every step of the way. I see he had to empty himself of fear and of, and of flesh. This is a, I'll hit a bump here. In verses 13 through 16, he tries to suffice his problems and try to buy his way out of his problems. Are y'all with me now? Y'all have to go home and read all these verses. But take my word for it. He tries to buy himself out of his problems. You know what he had to empty himself of? Financial dependency. Amen. There are so many people that won't go all in with God because they don't want to lose their financial standing. There's people, and I, I'm sure Brother Gravely's never had anybody come to him like this, but my dad had plenty of them come back to him like this when I was with my dad. But a man will come up to the pastor and say, Preacher, uh, I've got this job offer about two hours down the road. And, yeah. and, and you know, Preacher, I, I can make about five or six more dollars an hour. Benefits, you know, yep. <clears throat> benefits. I'm sure you've never had anybody talk to you like this, but... I've got, there'll be benefits and we can get a nicer house and my kids can have some nicer things. Yeah. You ever had that happen to you? Amen. Yes, sir. What town is it? Well, it's such and such down the road. Preachers say, well, are there any good churches? Knowing there aren't. Are there any good churches down, down that way? The man puts his head down and says, no, preacher. He said, uh, we can't really find one. But, I, but I'll tell you what, preacher. Every Sunday, we're going to drive back and be here for, for Sunday. Yeah. Y'all ever heard anything like that? Amen. Brother Jaron, here's what happens. The pastor looks him in his eyes and he says, Brother, I've been watching your son. He's in his teens now. He just got saved and, and God wants to use him. God, I, he's already come to me privately and talked to me about God calling him to preach. You don't need to take your son out of this atmosphere. Brother George, and then the pastor says, and, and I noticed your 11-year-old daughter, God's been dealing with her. She needs to be saved. She's been under conviction. And you don't need to take her out of this atmosphere. But you don't understand, preacher. We're going to come back every Sunday. And, and, and preacher, this is for the betterment of my family. Y'all ever heard anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. Guess what happens? They don't stay faithful. That's right. Guess what happens? They never stay faithful. Amen. Amen. They go down here. They live in Pandanaram. And four or five years later, daddy comes back. No more marriage. His kids are going to the world. His, his little girl's on her way to hell. The, the boy, instead of being called to preach and selling out for God, the boy's on his road to destruction and free all because daddy, he wanted to pat his wallet. He wanted a little bit more paycheck. 
saying, hey, can I tell you tonight, I know we've got to work. I know we've got to labor. There's bills. There's things in this world. We have to make a living. Hey, but you hear me and hear me tonight. It's not by your sweat or your brow that you make a living. It's by the good grace of God. And God puts great and breath in your lungs. It's by the good grace of God. And God pays your bills. I don't pay my bills. Hey, the richest person in here, you don't pay your bills. God pays your bills. We put so many limits on God that God couldn't do this or God couldn't do that. I'm here to tell you tonight that God can take care of the sparrow and God can count the hairs of your head. Hey, I can tell you tonight that God can take care of us. Amen. There's so many preacher, and I hope I'm telling. I believe I'm telling it right. There's so many. I know. I know. I know people right now. I know people right now that be doing something for God. They don't want to let go of that job. They don't want to let go of that career. Listen, boys, you ought to work to make a living. Can I get an amen right there? We live in a lazy generation. I'm not talking about being lazy. Amen. Boys, you ought to work to make a living. If you won't work, you ought not to eat. Amen. Well, what I'm talking about is the things of God being first and foremost in your life and God will take care of the rest. Am I, am I telling it right tonight? Amen. I remember them mornings getting up at 4 o'clock and working a, working a full-time job, preacher. And you remember when you met me, I was working a full-time job. I was laboring, Brother Lamar. Hey, I was getting up early in the morning because I said, God, one day I believe you're going to make me full-time. I believe you're going to let me do this and go all over the country. Oh, but God, until then, I want to get up early in the morning I want to labor with you. I want to walk with you. And I'm going to go work. And I know you'll take care of me. And guess what? Hey, six years this month. I'll be full time six years this month. And God's always paid the bills. God's always took care of us. God's always fed us. Amen. Christmas morning. And y'all didn't know it. I preached, I preached out of Matthew 1 that morning. We were broke. Amen. That truck, we had to pay the Avalorum $3,000 for the tag and the ta- on the Avalorum. And Brother Gravely, that month, that same month, God had told me to give $1,100 away. And I just, I don't know about y'all, but I don't have that much money. Amen. I had, I, and God told me to do it. I wouldn't have done it. I, I ain't just in the habit of giving away a grand. Say amen right there. And Brother Brian, it was, it was December 25th. Our bills were due on the 28th. And we were broke. Y'all ever been there? Can I get an amen? The church took care of us that Sunday, but it wasn't enough. It, it, I think we were about $1,400 short. No, we was $1,000 short. I'm sorry, we was $1,000 short. Christmas Day. Brother Laddie, we drove back down to Dallas that day. I, I, I mean, I was discouraged. I didn't have any more meetings before the 28th. I didn't have any more love offerings coming in. Hey, I, I just said, I said, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. And me and my wife had been praying. We didn't tell nobody, preacher. But I'll never forget. I got out of the truck that morning and I, my phone rang. It was on Christmas Day. It was on Sunday afternoon. And it was, it was Brother Chad Watson, a preacher in South Carolina. And I said, why in the world is he calling me on Christmas Day? 
And Brother Jaron, I answered and we small talked for a minute. He said, but preacher, the reason I'm calling you, I preached in this church last Sunday night and got to tell this story, the other side of the story. Brother Laddie, he said, the reason I'm calling you is because a man that met you years ago out of my church, a young Christian, he came in crying this morning and said, God told me to give you this to send to Brother Hewitt. He needs this money. He needs to take something. He has a need in his life. And guess what? He said, preacher, it's a thousand dollars. Amen. Now you might not believe that, but it's for believers only. Amen. Hey, I'm telling you tonight, I don't depend on this right here. Hey, too many of us, we took our plastic out and took it out of God's hand. We swapped it, put it on credit, put it on debit, and took it out of God's hands. Hey, but there's a day, there was a generation that they had to pray for everything they had. Hey, it may be good for us to have our, our crutches ripped out from under us and depend on God again instead of our wallet to take care of our problems. I've watched it. You know our stories. Y'all, I've told y'all our stories. But God takes care of us every single month. Amen. And God may not ask you to live like that. Amen. Amen. But if tonight having, having a wallet to depend on is what's keeping you from going over Jabok and going over Jordan, you need to empty yourself of it. This is the last point. I'm done. I, I, I don't want to take too much time tonight. I see he had to empty himself of his flesh, of his fear, of his financial dependency. And this is going to sound funny when I say it, but in verses 22 and 23, I say that he had to empty himself of his family. Preacher, his last obstacle to get over before he could cross Jordan was his family. He was dependent on his servants and he was dependent on his finances and he was leaning on fear and lastly, he, he was trying to put his family in between to fix his problems. He was dependent on his family. And the biggest hindrance in Jacob's life to cross over was his family. Now you hear me tonight, I'm not saying go get rid of your family. Can I get an amen right there? Amen. But in my life, and if you'll be honest in your life, the greatest hindrance is for you going all the way with God didn't come from the world. Amen. It came from your home. It came from your family. Amen. Children, you can... You can hinder your parents. Young people, I'm glad God's using y'all and you're growing. I'm glad you're getting you testifying and all this. But if you're not careful, you can give your heart to the world. You and me, you can give your heart to some girl. Young ladies, you can give your heart to some some boy. Amen. And and the whole time they're pulling you away. They're pulling you away. Courtship is not a means of evangelism. Can I just say that right there? Amen. Courtship is not a means of evangelism. Don't don't go and get some lost kid person and bring them in trying to get them saved. Why don't you wait and pray and let God send you a saved person? Amen. Full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hey, but I don't know why I'm saying all this, but young people, hey, you can be the reason that your parents don't want to go all the way in because the whole time you're pulling at them trying to go to the world why don't you young people tonight just decide to go all the way in amen, amen. I know people right now that be on the mission field preacher yes, sir. the husband's already the husband's sold out the husband wants it wants it has a desire but the wife says I'm not going now, I understand you can't make somebody go but I'm preaching both sides of this thing tonight ma'am you could you could go all the way in with your husband 
Sir, you could go all the way in with your wife. There's wives in here sitting here on these pews tonight that's just waiting, Brother Brian, for their husbands to take them by the hand and lead them spiritually. Yes, you provide for them. Yes, you put food on the table. But more than that, they need a spiritual leader tonight. Amen, preacher. Hey, I remember when I was selling out to God and I was going this way, Brother George. I'll never forget, I had a tent meeting at a Southern Baptist church in 2010. That was a side, amen. He's mad about everything. You major too much on the King James Bible. You major too much on old time religion. I'm talking about they was having the Sanhedrin get together and sit me down and say, you're ruining your life. You're ruining your ministry. And if you go that way, and what they meant is they meant this way. Amen. They meant the walking with God. They meant selling out to God. They meant quit dipping snuff. They meant quit smoking cigarettes. They meant quit dressing wrong. They meant quit watching filth on TV. They meant this kind of way. Amen. They said if you go that way, It'll ruin you. And you know what? It was at the head of the charge was my family. Amen. My brother, I remember him telling me, Brother Lamar, when I told him God wanted me to go full time, he said, oh, you're just lazy and you want, you just want to go and do whatever you want to. Hey, but guess what? This coming April, my brother's taking his family. He's quit his job. He's raised support. And he's about to go and plant churches in the upper Midwest. Hey, my, my little sister who used to fight me and, 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 and grovel with me and say no you're going the wrong way hey now she's raising her kids at home she quit her big job hey she quit all of her money making and Miss Sheila she's raising her little boys at home tonight hallelujah to God hey my daddy told me that you'll come crawling back hey but now he's one of my biggest supporters hey in a couple weeks I'm going to take the pulpit at Ridge Road Baptist Church and preach a revival for the very people who told me not to go hey but I'm glad tonight if you'll just keep on going hey don't let your family don't let your family don't let your family keep you from crossing Jordan amen that's right Jacob would have never been able to lead his family over if he wouldn't have emptied himself of his family I wonder if there's a spouse in here tonight you know your husband or your wife wants to go further with God but they can't because of you Am I telling it right, preacher? I don't know. Preacher hadn't told me nothing. Amen. Amen. Preacher, don't talk to me when I'm about to come to church. Amen. Hey, I wonder who's here tonight, and you're the hindrance in your family. I wonder who's here tonight. There's young people here and you got fears. You've got, you've got flesh you're dealing with and you're worried about how you're going to do this and how you're going to do that. Why don't you let God take care of every bit of it? And why don't you cross over J-Bot tonight so you can cross over Jordan? Hey, why don't some of you parents tonight make the decision for your family and say, hey, I'm just going to cross over tonight. Some of you daddies tonight and empty yourselves and so you can cross over your Jordan tonight. Hey, Somebody's got to do it. Right. Amen. It don't happen by accident. Brother Charles told me today he's been saved, what, 59 years. It, didn't ha- it don't just happen to, to, to serve God by accident. Somebody's going to have to cross over this evening. What do you need to empty yourself of tonight? These are just a few things. But I guarantee everybody in here is dealing with your flesh, your fears. Hey, financial dependency, family. Why don't we all stand tonight? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you come? Would you come?